Would you take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11, we return to this wonder, wonderful by faith chapter, this hall of faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. We've been seeing in Hebrews 11 what faith looks like. And today in the passage we're going to be looking at, I'm going to suggest that one of the lessons the writer of Hebrews wants us to learn is that faith in Christ overrules fear. Faith in Christ overrules fear. Faith is not, please understand this, faith is not the absence of temptation to fear, but faith in God, confidence in His promises, faith in His Son as better than all will mean that God's people choose choose to obey God and His commands even when tempted to fear, even in the face of fearful situations. And I think there are three types of circumstances addressed here in the text in which God's people can find themselves fearful. And so I want you to watch for these as we look at the passage together. Three kinds of circumstances seen here in which God's people could find themselves fearful without faith. They are these, fear of the unknown, fear of the consequences, and fear of man. Again, faith is not the absence of temptation to fear, but faith in God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, means that we will make conscious choices to honor and obey God no matter what the apparent outcome or consequences because we know Jesus is better. Because we know that Jesus is worthy of our honor, worthy of our obedience, because we can trust Him with every outcome. And here we have before us in the New Testament several godly examples from the Old Testament. Here in the New Testament, the New Testament points back to the Old Testament to give us godly examples of how faith overrules fear. Follow along as I read. Hebrews chapter 11, go to verse 20 as we, as we look at verses 20 through 29 this morning. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith 
the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. We have in God's Word powerful examples of what faith in God can cause people to do in the face of fear. As news reports rolled in this week from Oregon and the shooting there, it was so sad to hear of those people's people's lives being taken by that gunman. We heard reports and and reports have been that there were some who were asked, are you a Christian? You're going to meet God and their lives were taken. We hear reports like that and we think, I don't know if I could do the same thing in the same situation. But listen, God's Word is filled with example upon example of people who faced tragic circumstances, terrible outcomes, and chose to walk by faith and not by sight. And that is what God's Word calls us to. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is calling us to. So let's note first how faith in God and in His promises and in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as better than all, overrules the fear of the unknown. I could ask, And I'm guessing I would see every hand if I asked you to raise your hand. Who among us have things that are unknown that we're thinking about? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the outcome. I'm guessing every one of us would have a hand to raise. We see fear of the unknown, or the potential for fear of the unknown, the potential for the temptation to be fearful about the unknown here in three examples, three individuals here. In verse 20, we have the example of Isaac. In verse 21, we have the example of Jacob. And then in verse 22, we have the example of Joseph. In verse 20, look at verse 20 again, we learn that by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. Now, Isaac didn't know for sure what the future held. But as imperfect as he was, he had God's promises to base his faith on. And as much as he wanted to control the outcomes of his life, and who doesn't, who among us doesn't want to control the outcomes of our lives, and we do all kinds of things to control the outcomes of our lives, don't we? We make plans and and we plan our days and our weeks, and some of you plan you know, five years out and ten years out. Here's where I want to be. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to accomplish. Who doesn't want to be in control as much as Isaac wanted to be in control of the outcomes of his life? He learned to trust God with the unknown. If we're going to know what faith is and what it looks like in our lives, we're going to need to learn to trust God with the unknown. And there are lots of unknowns in our lives. The writer of Hebrews is seeking to accomplish what he is trying to do is to encourage his first readers to hold fast to the faith to which they proclaimed in Christ. They were Jews who were being tempted to return to their roots in Judaism. And he was using these examples of faith in the Old Testament to encourage these 
believers who had proclaimed their faith in Christ to endure to the end, to cling to Christ as better than all. He wants his readers to see how faith, how the faith of these Old Testament believers was fixed not on what they could see here on earth, not on what they could touch and see and, and be sure of here on earth, but but He wanted them to see, and God wants us to see, that their faith was fixed on things that were eternal. Things that were heavenly. He wanted them to see, and God wants us to see, how these people of faith had their eyes fixed on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Now if you know the story of Jacob and Esau, you know that Jacob, assisted by his mother, deceived his father Isaac into giving him the blessing that should have gone to his older brother Esau. And you know that a bit later when Esau comes along to receive his blessing, Isaac realizes he's been tricked into giving the blessing to the younger son Jacob and he is grieved. Why? Because he he wanted to do do things a certain way. He wanted to control the outcomes. He wanted to give the blessing to Esau. And when Esau pleads for a blessing from his father also, Isaac admits that Jacob had received the blessing. Jacob indeed will be blessed because he's the one who received the blessing. But then he goes on to pronounce as much as he could a blessing also on Esau. But in that whole account, back in Genesis chapter 27, we see that Isaac realizes, and he understands, he gets a glimpse by faith. By faith in God. By faith in God's promises. That God's intent all along was for Jacob the younger to receive the blessing. And as disappointed as Isaac was for having been deceived, he recognizes that God has used the situation to accomplish His purposes. And that's faith overruling fear of the unknown. And that's where we too will find ourselves more often than we would like. Even when we know the thing we're supposed to do and we're not so sure we want to do it because we fear the unknown, faith says, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to take a step of obedience here and now because I trust God. Faith in God and in His promises leads us to obey no matter what the temptation to fear is saying to us. Faith overrules fear. We see it also in the example of Jacob in verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. We're seeing here that Jacob's faith in God's promises in the face of death allowed him to die well. As Matthew Henry wrote, death to a godly man is like a fair gale of wind to convey him to the heavenly country, but to a wicked man it is an east wind, a storm, a tempest that hurries him away in confusion and amazement to destruction. 
but to those with faith. To those who put their trust in God and rest their faith on God's promises, they need not fear death. To those without faith in God's promises, contemplating death is a fearful occasion. But for the one who hopes in God, for the one whose faith is fixed on His promises, even in the face of death, even in the face of death, one can worship. I think it's remarkable. Jacob, while dying, leaning on his staff, he's exhausted, he's near death, not only gives the blessing, but also worships God. He worships God. That's dying well. That's faith overruling fear of the unknown. And then there's Joseph. Joseph is another example of finishing well, of dying well. Verse 22 says, look at verse 22 again, by faith Joseph at the end of his life made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Joseph, you know the story. If you know the the Old Testament story of Joseph, you know that in his teens, he'd been sent from the promised land being sold into slavery and he would live in a foreign land until he died at 110, the ripe young age of 110. But here we see him facing death. And his faith is still fixed on the promises of God. His faith is still fixed on God's promise. And God had given a promise to Abraham and to his descendants that they would inherit the land of Canaan. We hear it in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 8 where it says, And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And though Joseph didn't know the timing of the fulfillment of this promise, his faith in God gave him confidence to give instructions for the return of his bones after his death to the promised land. Isaac Jacob and Joseph, they each demonstrate how faith overcomes the temptation to fear. The fear of the unknown, because their faith was fixed on their promise-keeping God. Next we see how faith in God and in His promises and in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as better than all, overrules The fear of consequences. Fear of the consequences. We see it demonstrated in the actions of Moses' godly parents. His godly parents. Verse 23, look at it again. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So contrary to the circumstances, contrary to everything the circumstances were warning them of, contrary to the circumstances and the apparent consequences of their choices, these parents 
chose to trust God for the protection of their baby. And Pharaoh had given orders that the Hebrew midwives were to kill, were to murder every male Hebrew baby at birth. You know, Pharaoh had been doing everything he could to oppress and control the growing population of the Hebrew people. He was afraid that they would become more powerful than he could handle. But the more he oppressed them, the more he did to harm them, the more God blessed them. Pharaoh had no clue how mighty God is. But Moses' parents had faith that God was mightier than Pharaoh and trusted God. Trusted God to preserve the life of their baby. Because they would rather fear God than fear man. And God protected their baby. God watched over Moses. God had plans for Moses. And that baby grew up and became a man who trusted God and trusted in God's promises in spite of the apparent consequences. And verse 25 says, He chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Often we forget that the pleasures of sin are very fleeting. They pass quickly. Moses understood that. We need to understand that. We need to trust God in the face of opposition. We need to face uh, face the opposition of this world and the temptations that we're dealing with day in and day out with our faith firmly placed on God and His Word and on, on His promises. And there's this interesting statement in verse 26. Look at 20, verse 26 again, that He... Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. And you might read that and go, uh, wait a minute. Didn't Moses live before Christ? What did Moses know about Christ? Commentator Dr. Henry Morris writes, Moses lived about 1,500 years before Christ, but even at this early age, he knew about the promised Messiah and knew God's eternal promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were worth far more than temporal riches. Do you understand that? Do we understand that? that God's eternal promises are of far more value than anything that we can attain in this life, in the here and now? You see, those who have faith in God have always received the condemnation and disdain of the world. The Bible warns us that we will. The Bible warns us, equips us for opposition to our faith in God's promises. But by faith, Moses faced apparent difficulties, apparent difficult outcomes, choosing instead to trust God's eternal promises rather than base his hope on what he could cling to here on earth. And this same faith is seen again in verse 27 when it says, by faith he left Egypt 
not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Get that. Moses kept his faith in God whom he could not see in spite of the consequences at the hands of those he could see. That's faith. And with faith in God, he honored God rather than fear the consequences. And that leads us next to a third type of temptation to fear. Thirdly, faith in God and in His promises and in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as better than all, overrules the fear of men. We've been seeing it here already in the example of Moses' parents and in Moses himself repeatedly in human terms. There's every reason to fear what man can do in these circumstances, in the circumstances that these individuals found themselves in. If we were there, we would have said, boy, this is scary. What will happen if I choose to honor God? What will happen if I trust God rather than fearing man? But also repeatedly we see in these passages that these people of faith showed reverent respect, reverent fear of God. They honored God. They showed honor for God rather than honor for men. They trusted in God's promises and that faith compelled them to obey God rather than be compelled by fear of man. And this is seen again in the example of Moses in verse 28. Verse 28 again says, By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Moses' obedience to God is clear evidence of his faith in God and his refusal to let his fear of man keep him from honoring God. Certainly the Egyptians were, well, like, they were likely laughing and scoffing at those who obeyed God and spread the blood on the doorposts of their homes. Sadly, grievously, they were not laughing in the morning. And then there's the example of God's people as they fled the pursuing Egyptian army into the Red Sea as they crossed over on dry ground. Verse 29, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry ground, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Were the people afraid? Absolutely. Were they fearful? I believe they likely were. Were they trembling at what the consequences of running from the Egyptian army might bring? Yes, they were. But you know what they chose to do? You know what they did with their feet? They put one foot in front of the other and they trusted God. And by faith, God spared their lives, rescued them, marching them, walking, running across the Red Sea on dry ground, parting the waters for them. 
God delivered. Where is your faith today? Where is your faith today? Are you trusting the promises of God? The promises that we proclaim in song as we gather together, as we did this morning, and we lift our voices in song. I praise God for that music that He has given us as a treasure to help bring our minds to bear and focus on the truths and promises of God's Word. I can't help but be encouraged and blessed and strengthened and given hope and faith when I sing the promises of God. Are you trusting the promises of God that you proclaim in song? Are you trusting in the promises of God as you hold His Word in your hands today? Are you facing fear of the unknown, fear of the consequences, and the fear of man with your faith in God, the One who saves, the One who rescues, the One who intervenes? And is your faith helping you to walk in obedience to God's Word? You see, we face this challenge this week and every week. Will I obey God's Word with my life? Will I make choices and decisions? And will I shape my spending habits and my television viewing habits and my reading habits? Will will those things be shaped by my trust in the promises of God's Word? Will my conversations be shaped by the truths and promises of God's Word? Will I refuse to speak poorly of those around me doing them harm, instead choosing to trust God that He is at work in their life? Is your faith helping you to walk in obedience to God's Word, walking into the unknown with your faith in God, walking into facing uncertain consequences with your faith in God, facing the fear of man with your faith in God. These are powerful examples of what real faith in the lives of God's people will look like. What does faith look like in your life? Faith is not, please don't forget, faith is not the absence of the temptation to fear. We are always going to face the temptation for fear. But faith is a step of obedience. It is learning to trust God. And I do mean learning. It is something we must learn. It is something we must practice. And when we fail, we confess, Oh God, forgive me for my lack of faith. Thank You for Your forgiveness. Now, help my unbelief. (laughs) Strengthen my faith. Help me to walk by faith. Help me to make decisions that honor You, God. Faith is learning to trust God in the face of all kinds of fears. Because your life is founded on the promises of God. Because your life is founded on the finished work of His Son who is better than all.
pastor and author Tim Keller writes, faith is not primarily a function of how you feel. Faith is living out and believing what truth is despite what you feel. 